Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet another very special bonus episode of Crime Over Wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week I am joined by two very, very, very special guest co-hosts. We have a great episode, very, very special episode for you all, because I know that you all care about this case, the story that we're um, talking about this week very, very well, and you all care about it so much. Um, I am joined, first off, by a very good friend of mine, to become a very good friend, um, my friend Joseph Fennedy. Hello, Joseph. Thanks so much for coming on. Liam, thank you for having me. And I got to say, we're coming up on the new year. The fact that you, I never get invited back. The fact that I'm invited back is huge. Um, I can't believe you and I have been, I don't know how long you and I have been going back and forth here, Liam. Oh my gosh. I know that when six years is the grand total at the end of the day, but yeah, right. Well, yeah, you and you and I have gotten to know each other very, very well over the last year or so um, because we've been talking about a very special woman. um, And speaking of that very special woman, we have um, a very special person um, in that woman's life, um, Betty's life um, with us this week. Um, I am honored to be able to welcome Stephanie Walker, um, who is Betty's daughter um, onto the podcast. So hello, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on this week. Hello. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, thank you so much for for doing this, Stephanie. Um, and I know that you and Joseph know each other very, very well because you've gotten to know each other a lot over the last couple of you know a couple of years, yeah. right? Um, and so I am just really honored to welcome you into this into the crime vineyard. Um, I have to say, every time I talk about crime over wine with friends, the first person that comes out of anybody's mouth is Betty Willis, yeah. your mother. And so um, it, I feel like I've gotten to know her. I feel like I know you, even though this is the first time we're talking. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I'm just I'm just really excited to, to be able to talk to you more about your mother this week. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate everyone being so interested in her, you know, Seem like they're more interested in her music and everything now that she's gone. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people still mm. interested when she was alive, but it's, you know, this is just like mind blowing. It's, it's really exciting to hear how many people really care and really were interested into her music and just her as a person. And Joseph, he's my he's my brother from another mother. I always tell him he's the new family <laughs> member. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, Liam, I am. Um... I called Stephanie long before the LA Magazine article came out um, where I interviewed Stephanie and we became brother and sister immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, I mean, Stephanie, I don't even know what year that was because your mother passed in 2018. That's when we lost Betty mm-hmm. Willis. Um, I think I might have reached you. It wasn't 2019. It was 2020. But but you guys, um, Crime Over Wine peeps and Liam, you guys all have to understand Stephanie and I have been at, have been at this. Um that Los Angeles Magazine article didn't uh, get printed till like, what was it, Stephanie, like uh, mid-2022 yeah. or something like that? Um, so Stephanie and I have been kind of going back and forth. She's been waiting on the, well, she'll tell you, but she's been waiting on the justice system. I've been waiting on, you know, traction on this. Just she and I, both to, both both just connected by one woman, you know, trying to trying to just get people to hear about Betty Willis and um but yeah, Stephanie, it's been a it's been a journey, hasn't it? Oh wow. A real long journey, but it's also been great because I've met a lot of new people like Joseph and other people mm. along the way. So it's made it a little bit more um 
the journey not so hard, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that, because you said something interesting to me, Stephanie, before about, you know, about your mother's music. And that's one of the things that have touched me throughout this whole process mm-hmm. um, is that it seems as though, you know, you know, the silver lining here, if there is one, right, mm-hmm. is that people are finally hearing your mother's voice for the first time when it seemed as though, you know, no one was hearing your mother's voice for a very, very long time. Does that feel like a little bit of, you know, of, um, you know, of a, of a, you know, again, if there, if there is a, a, you know, a, you know, gold, gold lining or a silver lining in this whole thing, does that feel like that's it? Um, kind of, sort of, I mean, you know, throughout my life, people have walked up and they're like, Hey, Betty, I, I, I heard your music or I, it's been a while, you know? So all throughout my life, I've had people come up. I mean, just before she passed, there was a guy, he came up, he gave her all kind of music. He was just so excited. Like, Oh yeah, I know you. So it's like give or take. She has, she's always had these fans, but mm. they kind of been tucked away. And it seemed like once this happened to her, it just kind of blew up and everyone just came out all over, all over the world. You know, I just see all mm. kind of messages and things like that. So yeah, I kind of, in a way, I, I'm like, she didn't get her stardom here, you know, but she has it now. I, I kind of feel that way. Like, you know, she's a star in heaven. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, for anyone who's listening to this episode right now who hasn't listened to, um, you know, Betty Willis's story, go back. Um, it's Betty Willis, the soul singer. It's one of the first episodes we put out mm-hmm. to, to, you know, give you a little bit of an idea of how long we've been talking about Betty. Um, but I'm also wondering, um, Stephanie, I mean, have you, uh, did you know all of your mother's music, like the back of your hand, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, of course. You know, like we all do now? Oh, yeah. I told Joseph I used to go to rehearsals. I used to be there fall asleep I listen to be there listening to them practice for hours and hours till like you know I got older and then I'm like yeah I don't want to go <laughs> and my own friends you know you know when you're a kid you have your own friends but yeah I was always there when I was younger I was always there Stephanie you said you remember the tapes mm-hmm. right the the reel to reel tapes yeah my and... mom had a reel to reel in in our house so she used to practice a lot she had all her you know wow. the microphone she had everything yeah so there's times she showed me how to work the reel to reel going there do the tape and wind it and how to record and everything. So yeah, she was always musical throughout the house. So if she wasn't um, practicing, like if they had a gig or they were going to play in a club or something like that or whatever, she was always singing. I don't care if she was washing mm-hmm. dishes, <laughs> mopping the floor. <laughs> <laughs> she was always singing. Yeah. That's why I always mm-hmm. say that was my songbird. I have my own songbird. You know, I could wake up in the morning on Saturdays and if she was up early, she would be in there cooking. She would be singing, humming, singing, you know, different melodies, like, you know, kind of like a, a singer practicing their voice and seeing how high their pitch could go. And I would come in and she would tell me to sing. I'm like, nah. <laughs> mm. I sound like a cat. No, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I didn't get that talent. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I, that, that town also skipped a generation um, for me yeah. as well. So I, I yeah. relate to that very much. So I, I actually, I think I can sing like Betty Willis. I'm just not willing to <laughs> you know, do it in public. Well, I, I sing. Right. I, I have to be the judge of that. I need to hear that mm-hmm. in <laughs> private. I'll call you later, Stephanie. Okay. I was, but, but you know, I think every, that that was the cool thing though Stephanie about your mom's voice was that especially that act naturally I think one of the best of or will be the best of a Betty at some Mm -hmm. point because anyone can sing along to that right and it's just like 
she makes you feel she takes you there yeah you know she just takes well, you well my mom's but, music yeah. has because how she started it was never like soul or you know blues she started with country western because that's all they had on the radio mm. so that's why a lot of her music is kind of more like slow and understanding you can sing along with it and then you know as time went she started getting into different other sounds and stuff like that but overall yeah, my mom's music. We still sing it. Sometimes when I hear it, I cry. Sometimes I don't, you know. It's when I'm missing mm. her, I'll play her music a lot. So, yeah, mm. everyone yeah. loves loves my mom's music. Everywhere yeah. I go, they're like, oh, man. There's people that did know, like family. Um, my husband's side, I didn't know. And they were like, I didn't know your mom was a singer. You didn't tell me. I'm like, well... <laughs> I never, I, she was my mom. That's just how I saw her. I didn't see her like, oh, she's a singer. Mm. She's a star or whatever. She's my mom. What What do we not know about your mother yet, Stephanie? I mean, is there is there something you can kind of, you know, tell us a little bit more about what she was like um, that would kind of give us a little bit more of a look into who she was as a person? Um, My mother was one of those type of persons that when you meet her, you just, fall in love with her instantly because just the conversation she's very intelligent she could tell you stories and tell you things you would be like oh wow and you could sit there and talk to her for hours she was very kind-hearted she'd take her shirt off her back she would give it to anybody anybody in need anyone she Mm -hmm. could help she was just a very sweet person you know very sweet person so very talented in other ways. My mom used to sew. She used to make clothes for me. So she she had other talents, you know. Was, she used to play the guitar. That was her thing she was trying to get into, but then she stopped. So she her main thing was she wanted to learn um, different music instruments. She loved music, and she would love to be, like, versatile to learn just different things. So she would love to listen to any kind of music. I don't care if it was Middle Eastern or if it was from a whole nother planet she was just she just loved music and she loved people she loved to conversate with people from different cultures different countries just to you know she just loved people so overall she's the only thing I could say she just was a good person she had a lot of talents you know hidden talents people didn't know about but overall her singing was her her best talent and they're learning about it now stephanie yeah. isn't that kind of like like liam was saying what what silver lining if any is mm-hmm. there um and it's you know she's still singing like you know you, you we still get to hear that voice and it still goes on and it's um that's kind of i guess the it does not bring back your mom um but you know people get to hear that voice you know and um that's that's yeah. kind of that's a special thing so it kind of makes it seem like she's still living in a way you know what i mean through her voice if you hear it and then it, it just makes me think oh my god let me call her then i'm like i can't you know so yeah in a way it's kind of like a silver lining for us you know when i went to la amiga fabric store and again everyone who remembers the one of the first episodes first season of liam's crime over wine um you we all know the fabric mm-hmm. store and um what was interesting is that the owner jerry rodriguez we, at first he didn't want to talk to me yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck are you doing here why do you want to talk about this thing i have a whole bunch of what's going on and um at the very end after he's after you know we we talked for a bit i told him you know thanks for talking to me about betty and then before I walked away, I went back over to him. I said, why did you finally decide to talk to me? What, what made you open up? Cause you really mm-hmm. opened up. And, um, 
he said the thing is he said um you know he had he had recently lost a family member mm-hmm. at the, at that time and he said that he missed Betty so much and he realized that he feels that people really only die really only pass on when you stop talking about mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and he said he wanted to keep talking about Betty cuz that's what was keeping her alive in his heart and mm-hmm. his mind and so i i feel that's that's you know Stephanie you and i hey that you know i I'm not working on the Betty Willis story anymore, mm-hmm. you guys. Um, but Stephanie and I still text. Why? Because mm-hmm. we're still talking about Betty, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what Liam's doing here too. So yeah, I I um just wanted to to kind of add that because that was something that that I feel happens with music and with just saying someone's name, saying their name, mm-hmm. singing their name. So they kind of live. Oh on. yeah, mm-hmm. we all talk about her all the time. We always make jokes like times when we went somewhere and my mom was making a joke about something, you know, we try to think of all, all the happy times we had with her and we just all start cracking up, you know. It gets mm-hmm. hard around the holidays. Like I said, this new year, I don't really celebrate it anymore because it's just like, it brings up bad, bad memories for me. So I just yeah. go think of it as another day, spend it with family. Like we're going to do like a sit-in, the grandkids and my daughters and stuff. We're going to do like movie night and just hang out. We got a karaoke machine for Christmas. So, okay, now we're all going to Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Don't, don't give Liam your address. Don't give me your address. <laughs> That's okay. More, it's more merrier. That's how we see it. We just love having fun. So, you know, that we feel like that keeps her kind of alive too. Just her knowing that. Because her main thing was always like, when I die, I don't want anyone sad. I want everyone to be happy and enjoy life. I don't want you sitting around depressed. And that's how I try. I try to keep living my life like that. Because we were always smiling and happy and just enjoying life, you know. So mm. I try to keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, and it seemed like that's how she lived, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, that from, from just from what I know about your mother already. Yeah. She did. She when she yeah. never planned anything because she's like, you never promise, a, you know, another day. So she always looked at mm. if I'm here tomorrow, then we'll go and we'll do this. We'll do that. One thing about her, she was very active. She wasn't one of those like older, you know, like, oh, um, you know, and she had knee surgery and everything. And she, she still mm. kept going. When I went to pick my mom up in the hospital and she had her knee surgery, just walk around. I'm like, I was shocked. I was like, what are you doing on your leg? I'm like, doesn't that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> she's like no they wanted me she's like and she goes these guys over here are wimps and they were younger like a younger guy and another there because they needed them to get up and walk she's like they don't want to get up and walk she's like i'm i think at the time when she had to so she's like 69 she's like i didn't have knee surgery i'm older than them and i'm up walking around i'm like are you ready to go she's like yep and she walked right out of that hospital and that i was like Oh wow! I gotta be like her when I'm older. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she's tough, huh? Yeah, very tough. Yeah. yeah. If you if you don't mind, Stephanie, um, I I, I want to go back um to about six years ago um from when this everyone's gonna be hearing this episode um January first, twenty eighteen, um and I mean, can do you remember where were you when you found out what happened to your mom? I was at home. I was at home, yeah. and I got a phone call. And it was so weird because I told Joseph, I had just went and seen my mom. Probably had been like maybe five hours. And I was like, well, mom, you want to come home with me? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, I'm like, come on. She, she was with her friends hanging out. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll be back in a few hours. So that was my plan. And then 
like maybe seven, around seven that morning, I got a call from my cousin and she works at the community center that's around the corner the trip community center. And she was like, they think that is my mom. They weren't for sure, but she told me to just come. So I left my house in Corona and I sped all the way to Santa Ana and got there. And at first they didn't want to really say, but then they finally was like, yeah, they, it was, you know, it was my mom. So mm. that was like the day I died, I feel. And do you, I mean, and they, you know, caught the guy right off the bat, right? I mean, was that a little relieving? Yeah, he was hiding. He, yeah, when they pulled up, and I thank God for the lady, and I still never been able to thank her because she left out of the court, you know, because she was a witness. So I still don't know where she lives or anything, but they're going to be giving me the info soon. But they got there in time, San Ana PD, and he was hiding behind one of the pillars. There's like the pillars of the building and he was trying to hide. And then they were trying to get him to come out. And then he tried to run, jump the fence and they caught him and put him in custody, arrested him. So, but by then they tried to bring my mom back, work on my mom. But I guess there's a bone in your neck that he crushed. So there was no coming back from that. I'm really thankful they caught him though. Because what if he would have jumped the fence, got away? What if the lady wouldn't have called and she heard the scream? So it's a lot of what ifs. So I'm just really thankful that someone did call, you know, because a lot of times people ignore it and they don't, "Eh, it's nothing. Mm. And then the next day they're like, oh, wow, you know, so I'm thankful for that. Well, and so then a a long time passed, right? And then you got a call from from our friend Joseph. Um, And so I, you know, I guess I'm wondering you know, first of all, how about how much time had passed while and and what was happening in that time period, I guess, while we were all still trying to, you know, you know, push this forward through the through the through the um, justice system? Well, in that time period, you know, it was a language barrier. So they say, but we all know that was a big lie, not with on the legal side, on his side. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was the biggest thing us getting an interpreter. So that's, you know, and then COVID hit. So that really put it, set it back. And we were doing mm. virtual court, but they just kept continuing it. And then that's when I remember Joseph reaching out. I was a little skeptical because I'm like, I've had dealt with a lot of reporters and I just, I didn't like, I told Joseph the way they more were concerned about why was my mom homeless or why this, they weren't seeming to mm. be more concerned about her death and who she was as a person. So I was skeptical, but then me and him got to talking and I felt a little more comfortable. And then we started working together and he started, you know, getting it out there too. And I was putting more pressure on the DA, but it was hard because you have detectives that are involved. One of them caught COVID. He was very sick. He almost died. Then you had officers that needed to come in and they needed to testify, but they had to be, um, out on some kind of training things and stuff. So it was, the schedules were just crazy. So finally, um, COVID ended and then we're like, we're going to have a court date and we were ready to go, but then, um, they couldn't get the interpreter out. So mainly the issue of why it was kind of prolonging, prolonging a lot was the interpreter. And then twice they changed up or was it twice? Three times they changed his lawyer. So when the lawyer change over, we got to do new discovery that puts it off. We have to, so 
basically it's been a bunch of BS, I think. And mm. yeah, and and uh, about mainly a bunch of BS, uh, mostly a bunch of BS. And also <laughs> think about, you know what I mean? And also think about all of the things that happen in life when time, when so much, you know, um, Betty, uh, you know, Betty was, was killed on the very, the, in the very first hours of the very first day of 2018. Mm-hmm. And we've got 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. I mean, so, I mean, just l- like, like Stephanie says, you know, um, uh, different, so many things can happen in a short period of time. Then when you ex- extend stuff, you know, it's like, okay, now there's, you know, there, there wasn't a global health emergency when Betty was killed. That, that right. did, I mean, it's just so many things happen. I don't know if that, this is making sense what I'm saying, but it's like the mm-hmm. more time you wait, the more time a justice system is delayed, any anything, the more you put something off, the more chances for excuses, BS or non-BS, to happen. And I think when I saw Stephanie and the rest of her family in the courthouse in Santa Ana, California in 2023 i think it was 2023 yes um i couldn't believe i mean stephanie and i have met before and we talked on the phone a lot i just couldn't believe we were sitting there Mm. i I, I, could you stephanie i couldn't believe it was actually happening i mean when i got up that morning i had butterflies i was just thinking this is really happening are they going to call me and say oh no this is not going to happen then i'm gonna well i had already flipped out the week before on them so they were already kind of like she's on (laughs) edge yeah i told them off a little bit Mm. like you know this is ridiculous. This is going on almost six years. This has been five years and a half, and we're still sitting here, you know, with this interpreter. How can you guys keep going on that when you already knew he did an interview for 45 minutes speaking Spanish? So what are we waiting on? So I think with the pressure of Joseph putting it out there and me on them like a bulldog, that's why they were like, yeah, we need to. And then at that time, too, the judge was kind of he was like, okay, I'm getting sick of this. We, you guys need to figure it out, you know, because we were ready to go. We were just waiting on the defense. Well, and in terms of the de- delay here, like I, because my impression of this, and correct me if I'm wrong, either of you two here, if you disagree with this, was it was kind of twofold, right? Where it was like the one part of, you know, potentially a, you know, a, a you know, someone of, of a of a um, of a community that is you know typically underserved in terms of you know your mother being you know homeless, experiencing homelessness at um, at the time of her death. But then also, I feel like there's like the other part of like the fact that it was kind of this ironclad you know open shut case mm-hmm. of you know they had so much evidence against him mm-hmm. that that almost seemed to me to be the possible the possible other side of maybe why this took so long. Do, do you do you agree with that? stephanie um yeah in a way in a way no because i just felt like hey if you had all this evidence you caught the guy i mean what are we waiting on you know it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and like they said well we have to do due process we got to make sure he has right legal you know he understands and we're and that was our fight he does understand but, you know, this United States, you know, we have to make sure everybody gets legal representation and the right and they're represented the right way with all the laws. And, you know, because in the early case, they did try to get it dismissed. They tried to say that he didn't. We violated his due process. We didn't tell them in time for the arraignment, mm. which the judge was like, no, we did. Because one thing we did is we tried to make sure we did everything slowly and at first. So we made sure everything was done right and they wouldn't come back and try to use that 
tactic, like, oh, yeah, mm. you know, they didn't represent him right, whatever, but it didn't work. So I'm feeling like within the second year period, this guy should be going to trial. I mean, I've seen people that murdered someone and went to trial within a few months and got convicted. Why? Right, because it was right. a high profile yeah. case. That doesn't make any sense. That's right. That's right. right. And ones that Stephanie's absolutely right. And suspects that were not caught in the moment, they were not caught on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll go I'll go a little bit further than, than Stephanie's going with this. And I'll tell you what I've learned. And I did not believe this a few years ago. Uh, with Betty's case, or I maybe I shouldn't say I didn't believe it. I did not know it to be a fact, but I've come to the conclusion, especially in this last year throughout 2023 and I guess part of 2022, they didn't care. And if and if they did care about Betty, I promise you they didn't care enough. Mm-hmm. That was that was my big takeaway, mm-hmm. and I was very apprehensive early on in saying anything like that. No, but that's true. You know, me and you talked about it and that's true. And that's how I yeah. felt like, because if you think about it, they started off saying transient first and then they went to homeless woman. Mm-hmm. And then once we started getting all the, you know, little, I guess, Joseph putting it out there and getting the, into pressure, the DA was feeling like, okay, they're, they're no, she's being known. This case is starting to get a little known. It's like, okay, now you want to change it up and say, okay, Soul Singer uh, killed by a homeless man. That's why I was like, mm. that's weird to me. Yeah. They put out, a, Stephanie's referring to the press release that the Orange County District Attorney's Office uh, put out uh, a, a, a 24 hours after the conviction <laughs> that took, you know, five years. And suddenly it was like, wow. you know, killer. So we go from, uh, you know, transient woman, homeless woman murdered in Santa Ana, uh, you know, happy new year. Mm -hmm. Then we go to a press release after they get the conviction and the press release says murder of Betty Willis, uh, put away for life. And you might know Betty from this song and this song and Mm -hmm. that song. And, and, you know, all suddenly it's, so I, I will tell you every single step of the way, and Stephanie knows this, Liam, I text you <laughs> all my stuff in between my notes and my reporting, but every step of the way, I just, I gave, I, I not I gave, but there were opportunities for people to tell me or show me or tell Stephanie or show Stephanie that they cared. And again, I know that there were people that Stephanie and her family worked with on this case. I'll let Stephanie speak to it, who, you know, they did want to get justice for Betty. And they and they do love Betty, but I'm talking as a whole. The 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 officials I encountered. I'm talking more on the district attorney side, more on the Orange County side, not necessarily investigators and police force who did their job and did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got the sense over and over that it was just um, it was it wasn't important enough. It wasn't, a, mm. you know, it just wasn't a priority. That's how I felt too. I felt like it wasn't a priority because they kept using that she was homeless woman. But then when they see that yeah. it started getting a little more like, okay, it's been in the news. It's been on the news. It's in this paper. It's been on this podcast. Then they're starting to be like, oh, okay. And then they're like, their daughter is just like snapping at us like a snapping turtle every time she talks because mm. I'm like, what's the delay? And then when we were supposed to go in June of this year, 2023, we were supposed to start trial in June. Here comes the excuse. Oh, you know what? The interpreter retired and he moved to Guatemala. 
<laughs> I was like, I mm. just had to laugh. Like, are you? You can't make serious? this stuff up. Exactly. Like, really? Yeah. Like, and that goes back to what I said, right? About how if you, if you let enough time pass with anything in life, mm-hmm. just stuff gets away. Everything. People start, literally people yeah, start dying. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people retire, people die, people move. And it's like, and that's a lack of respect to Betty Willis. And that's a lack of respect to the state of California. That's a lack of respect to America's justice system. Oh, uh, we'll just, we'll get to it when we get to it. No, mm-hmm. me and my, you know, boring New Year's resolutions, you know, those are, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right. But, you know, when you're talking about the life and soul and everything that, that Betty Willis is and was, you know, someone was murdered on our streets you know uh stephanie's mom was taken away stephanie's mother uh you know grandmother uh, like great grandmother great grandmother let's let's get on this let's get on this Mm. Yeah, and and you even you know we're talking a little bit about that too, Joseph, um, on this podcast and in some of your um, of your writings too about you know how you've been asked so many times, well, why do you care about about this case? So, you know, this is this is you know this this can't be that you know that important to 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 uh, to a music reporter, which is what you were at the time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you know, so I I you know I, I that seems to be like the theme throughout this whole thing is that it you know it, it you know no one you know really acknowledged at least from you know maybe not no one but you know certainly not the people who you know were the decision makers in this whole thing really acknowledged that they were dealing with you know like joseph was saying a mother a grandmother a great mother a great grandmother you know a daughter you know you know a person you know that that that's has always you know that's my thing she's a person so this is how you retreat human life it could be anyone not just my mom that's how you would treat someone you know, that's how you would yeah. honor them as they, they, you know, especially I could see if they didn't have the evidence. I could see if they were looking for this guy. They just sure. found her. She's dead on the street. Don't have any clue whatsoever. But they have everything. They had everything. Every, yeah. every, it was yeah. everything it was to so me, weird. giving them the phone that they yeah. didn't find. Right, Joseph? Can you tell Liam, do you mind if we hijack your podcast for a minute? Oh, um, hijack away. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, pour me a glass of wine. Pour me and Liam a glass of wine. <laughs> um, I think one of the most interesting and telling and entertaining and sad parts of, of, the, of the whole um, story is what happened within just an hour or two of uh, Betty's murder. I don't know how many people know about this. Will you, will you take us back to that, that morning, Stephanie, and the evidence that, I mean, investigator Stephanie, <laughs> can you talk about that? Um, well, after they made us wait for my mom, because we were like, I was demanding, like, I got to see her, got to see her. So they were like, okay, well, let us do our little investigation and that forensic. So then they let me go over there to get my mom's stuff and all her belongings. And my daughter was like, mom, this doesn't look like grandma's because we knew her stuff. We knew all, because I took my mom shopping. So I'm like, she doesn't even wear that type of jacket. So I'm like, okay, let me look in the jacket. I looked in the jacket. There was a phone. I tried to turn the phone on. The phone wouldn't turn on. So I went to my car. I plugged it up and waited like probably like about five minutes as we were still gathering our stuff went back to the phone um turned it on as soon as i turned it on it's a picture of the guy that killed my mom and a girl and i kind of start scrolling through the pictures and looking i'm like okay this is this guy's phone so i walk in there and i give it to the detective in the fabric store 
like you guys missed this and this must have been his jacket that he had on and I guess he just laid it on there on on the mm. property or whatever. I don't know how it got on there. But they missed that. Well, I don't even so I don't even know where to begin with that, first of all. But <laughs> yeah. I am, you know, I, I my initial question is, I mean, it just it seems as though that set the scene for the next, you know, what would become the next what, five right. and a half years That's of your right. life, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like what even like what even goes through your mind at that point when you're staring at this dude's jacket? Well, because at the time I didn't know they said they had caught the guy and they had him in custody. So I never knew mm-hmm. what he looked like. So now I'm like, okay, this must be the guy that killed my mom. I'm like, wow. wow. And I'm like looking at my daughter. I'm like, you mean to tell me that the police detectives, the forensic didn't see this? So I was just kind of baffled, like, wow. So I just felt like it was important to give it to him. But I also was like, that's kind of something that they overlooked that they should they went through all her yeah. belongings everything so yeah. it seemed like they would have found that did they give you any sort of excuse as to how they missed that or was it just we no just the look the look over? was like oh my god how did we miss that <laughs> like shock wow. that's mm. how it was for me right yeah Right. Well, so and then over the next so and we talked about, you know, the um, the the reasons why, you know, you think, Stephanie, you know, why this took so long and the delay after delay after delay. Did you get any like, you know, absent the the, you know, the um, the, um, you know, translation issues that we've been having, alleged translation issues we've been having about in regards to the perpetrator here, the the, the convicted murderer? Um, you know, I guess I'm wondering, you know, if. You know, because we all know that that's BS. We've said it before. Um, but I'm wondering if if what kind of excuse, you know, they gave in terms of, you know, knowing that he spoke Spanish, but not, you know, you know, being able to do that was, was did, did they seem to know that that was, you know, not 100 percent true? Yeah, I mean, on our side, as far as everybody on our side, we all know, even the officers, the detectives, the ones that interviewed, we all knew that, okay, this guy, he spoke, he understood, and they asked him several times that he understood. He also Mm -hmm. spoke Spanish back to them. So everyone knew on our side, but on the defense side, they have to get, you know, if he's saying, hey, I don't understand, to me, that was his ploy. I mean, that's what people do when they go to jail. Like, we got to figure out a way to try to stall this, or, you know, maybe they'll dismiss it and not can get out or something i don't know but to me that was just their little ploy or whatever but they knew this guy understood spanish and they knew that this language is very you know very rare they don't even have any interpreters the one two they have is one for the fbi that did come because at first she wasn't going to even come so then we were stuck so they have to keep that in mind the other guy he retired he had been kind of hanging in the loop, waiting around for five and a half years. And finally, I guess he retired. So then the only other person in the United States of America that speaks this dialect was an FBI interpreter. And at that time, she wasn't sure she wanted to even come do it. And she was out of Texas. Mm. So we were like, oh, wow, what are we going to do? And again, guys, that was part. We all know that was part of the game, part of the defense, part of right. the game was let's hold... The longer we can hold this out, you know, maybe Stephanie will move. Maybe Joseph Finity mm. will get bored and move on to something else. Wrong. Um, may, maybe <laughs> Liam will stop drinking red wine. You know, like, you know, if we wait. <laughs> also wrong. Also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if we wait long enough, maybe. And 
you know, it started to happen. It really did. It started to get a little bit scary, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think Stephanie would share in this. So it's like, oh, my God, you know, like the, the two people who they could bring in to speak this language. Now one is gone. Um, one of the detectives was no longer in the force or he was out very ill, whatever. Mm-hmm. Can I add one more thing about that cell phone? I just as you guys were talking, mm-hmm. the suspect cell phone, the evidence that Stephanie single handedly found. I just want to point out that, you know, the reason that cell phone was overlooked is because it's because of where Betty Willis lived and how Betty lived. I really think that, you know, it wouldn't have been overlooked in a Beverly Hills mansion. (laughs) I just, you know, you know what I mean? When we get back to the, you know, it's like, you know, Betty did not have a real fancy, you know, Mm -hmm. bedroom and bedside table and, you know, whatever, you know, there, there was a shopping cart next to Betty and that's where she kept her stuff. And that was her thing. So, you know, you've got people walking into this January 1st, middle of the night going, Okay, well, okay, so this person has passed away and this person's a suspect. All right, what are we going to do next? They didn't, from from square one, I it just wasn't taken. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. Just say that. They didn't there you care. Go. There you go. I'm just, just say it. I'm yeah. tell it yeah. for you. They didn't care because they felt like she was homeless and they just didn't care, you know. And you right. can never judge a book by its cover because you never know what anyone's background is or what the situation right. is and no one should treat anyone like that. I don't care what their situation is or what's going on in their life. Everyone's human being and we all should have a little bit more compassion for each other than the way they, to me, the way they did it, it was like, well, another homeless person, another dad. Oh, well, let's just go. Mm. Yeah. Another one for the books. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that, that, cause I mean, I hear you hear about, you know, about that, you know, fairly often, in terms of you know what you're what you're referring to here um but very rarely i feel like do you ever really see that you know actively play out in terms of like i feel like this is a really good like your mother's case right is a really good representation of that you know where it was just it was there it was like right there for them to to put this guy away close the books you know have another point in their column Mm -hmm. and they just to me anyways again it just feel it just felt like they wouldn't do it to me the only thing they were happy about is like okay we did one for the books that we caught him you know we don't have to push this in all this time and man you know out manpower out there to go look for this guy now so we do have him so Mm. we're done moving on well talking about people you know caring and not caring you know again you know um it seemed to me anyways again just from from you know reading the news coverage of your mother's death um you know up until joseph entity got involved right um you know it seemed to me as though you know joseph was the really the first person to kind of put Mm -hmm. you know uh you know a heart Mm -hmm. um to this whole thing yeah that's why i always say that's my brother from another mother yeah <laughs> love joseph yeah and his boyfriend <laughs> what was it like to to read what he was writing about about your mom um the first time? he was telling he he was uh to me it was more like he was really putting the truth out and he was really mm. showing that she was a person you know like this is a person what's taking so long why are you haven't got justice for this lady you know and that's what I liked about it because everyone else, they weren't concerned about that. They were just like, it was another story moving on. 
like I said, that's how I felt always moving on. Yeah. You know, and you know, what always sticks out to me um, and gets me a little emotional about this whole, about, you know, Joseph's article about your mother's story um, is that moment. Um, and his name is, is escaping me, but his, but your mother's coworker who, who recognized her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you know that story before, before you read about it? Yeah. Cause um, my mom came home one night and she's like, Steph, Steph. She was all excited. She's like, oh, you wouldn't believe that. Uh, that I was at work and I was, humming and this guy he's, he's like oh I know that song and I was looking at her like really I go, and so when she told me his age I was like wow because you know most people that age younger they're not really into that type of music so I was like oh that's cool mom and she's like yeah he said he's going to bring me some records he has of mine and some music and all that and I'm like okay cool 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 so we were all like excited and you know <laughs> laughing about it like wow and I was like told you mom I always told, her, told you mom you're a star no matter if you didn't make it but you think you're still a star see that's cool and then I remember shortly after that, I don't know if it was a couple of days or whatever, he she came home with all this music and she had all this, you know, sheet music and CDs that he had. I was like, and they're little 45s, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. So, yeah, she was really happy. Anytime someone would acknowledge her about her music, it really, you know, mm. like, what do you know about my music? You know, that would make her like, what do you know? Because she didn't believe people would know because it was so long ago and it's more like oldies, you know what I mean? So, it's like, mm. what do you know about it? But I've had so many people, even friends that listen to oldies, they're like, yeah, I, always, I, I didn't know that was your mom, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my mom. And you know, it's been it's been really interesting as the music, and again, thanks to her friend Anthony, who who, you know, it's it, he's been one of the one of the people early on who got Betty's music out there, mm-hmm. and really that helped get the interest. Thank God, Betty recorded, um, right, even one song. Thank God she recorded some music back in the day, back in the '60s, because. Um, and thank God it was discovered and thank God Anthony put up online because that's what helped me and my story. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm waving a flag trying to get everyone's damn attention. I'm trying to find something in Betty's life that can let them know that her life matters. And I'm, you know, in the media, you know, Liam, you're, you're trying to find these little pieces so that you can, these little kind of, uh, sparkly pieces of life so that you can say, hey, did you know, just to add interest and add momentum. Um, and, and it was, it, that's what did it. You know, it was, it was really Betty's and I've told Stephanie this now I'm going to cry, but um, I told Stephanie this, you know, it's, it's Betty's voice that saved her. Mm-hmm. And if that's it were true. for, right. Mm-hmm. And it was her voice at the end that saved her. How did Thank God that 911 caller did the right thing and became a 911 caller for those few minutes she was on with emergency dispatch in Santa Ana mm-hmm. on, uh, in 2018. But it, what did she hear? She heard Betty's voice. Thank mm. God Betty spoke up for herself because when Betty spoke out that night, mm-hmm. it caught her killer. Betty caught her own killer. And then, of course, Stephanie was the investigator because Stephanie got the cell phone, <laughs> the evidence. <laughs> but... And I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the media was, I always talk about how, you know, the media um, has done a disservice to the Betty Willis case, but the media was very interested 
uh, for about five minutes. Yeah, uh, you know, minutes. remember that, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. And right. all the stations in LA, the second largest media market in the nation, they were all out there. They had live trucks out at um, La Amiga Fabric Store mm-hmm. in Santa Ana. And they were all interested, you know, you had, you had some, I won't say her and not that it matters, but this one reporter, um, she wanted the tape. She said, Hey, I heard you. I went to the owner of the fabric store. Hey, I heard that you, um, have surveillance footage of the gruesome murder and I'm paraphrasing. And, um, can you give us some of that tape? And uh, so the media was there for the drama and, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, and then, you know, like the media does, it moves on, I guess, by design. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what Stephanie opened up to me, and and thank God you opened up to me, Stephanie, because y- you allowed me to 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 write this this Los Angeles Magazine piece um, and tell your mom's story. And I know that Stephanie messaged me. <laughs> the story finally came out, and I was a little bit nervous, you know, like... Um, I thought the story was great, but I was like, "Uh oh, I hope Stephanie, you know, I wanted, I wanted it to be right. And I, mm. I got a text from Stephanie shortly after publication. And you know how, when you see a message at first on your, on your phone and it's like, it's long, but you haven't read it yet. I'm like, "Uh oh, I hope this, this is either good long or bad long. <laughs> and so I looked at it and I don't know if you remember Stephanie, but if you don't mind me sharing some of it, I don't have it exactly, but it was like, <laughs> you know, the biggest compliment ever was you said, um, you said you took me back to that morning, mm-hmm. you know, which really tells me that we were able to together, you and I, two strangers, at least initially, we were able to paint a very accurate picture of the morning we lost Betty and also an accurate picture kind of of what Betty's life was like, you know? Um, so, and then of course there's Liam who thank God he keeps calling me up saying, let's do you know, six years later, let's, you know, let's make sure, you know, we remember Betty, Liam and his crime over wine listeners have been (laughs) awesome with, I mean, you know, making sure that Betty's voice is not forgotten. That's awesome too, because it's like, well, you know, at first it was like every day to me, I felt like they had forgotten about her in the beginning because it was like, you know, like you said, the media was out there then, they they're concerned and I didn't really want to talk to them because the way they were to me they just was, they weren't I don't know they weren't really concerned about her as a person it was just more the crime and whatever and trying mm-hmm. to get that story so yeah and throughout the time that me and Joseph been speaking and getting whatever and putting it together yeah it, it I could see that with him and me that's why we're here now because I don't think that if there would have been any little pressure from even from him because they used to say oh yeah we have a guy that's been calling us a reporter do you know him his name is uh, Joseph yes I go yeah that's my friend (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right that's right look Liam listen to this they started looking at us weird because you know I was never sitting where the press would normally sit they would see me at the beginning of of these court hearings and just be me and I mean because we couldn't help but become friendly Um, Mm. because it was me and Stephanie against the world you know it was it was the Betty Willis family and this one reporter that was Mm. you know determined to get all this on the record and so I think they would kind of look at us a little bit weird because they'd be like hey isn't that the reporter why why are they just Mm. sitting over there chatting and laughing well Well, yeah because they had came they warned me they go well you know 
remember early off we were saying not to really speak with the media, you know, kind of, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know. I haven't really spoke with anyone. I'm like, they're like, yeah, we have this one guy named Joseph. I'm like, oh, yeah, but Joseph, I speak with Joseph. I'm like, because with him, he's the one that's going to be getting this out there because right now it's a slow process right. with you guys. You guys just keep continuing. That's all I ever get from you guys. It's like, that's right. you guys don't mm -hmm. try to put any fire under the like, hey, judge, we need this to go. What are we waiting on? They need to do it. It was never that. So yeah, as long as he's here, that's right. I go. That's my little pit bull over there. He's gonna be on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's right. We had no choice. That's right. And and anyone, um, you know, at the Orange County DA's office who might come across this Crime Over Wine podcast, mm -hmm. I'll just remind all of us. We know this. I w Stephanie was so patient for so long, and you can mm, you can only yeah. ask a human being, you know, who's lost their mother to. You know, and she was so. I watched you, Stephanie. You were very well behaved and very patient, and, and you really rolled very, very hard. I just wanted to that's right. That's right. Times I wanted yep. to jump over there and grab that guy. Exactly, <laughs> his ending statement. I just till today it still bothers irks me a little. Like you know, I have a mom. I wouldn't want that to happen to my mom. I don't even mm. want to hear that, dude. So if you have a mom, why would you even do that? And you weren't even intoxicated. You weren't under the influence at all. So what is your excuse? So I don't even want to hear that. She, oh, Stephanie only tells the truth. Well, here's the deal, though. In conclusion, I'll just say, well, now I sound like I'm really in court. In conclusion, Your Honor. Huh. But really, I I think, I think you know, because everyone impacted this, everyone impacted by this, it's all humans. We're all humans. Right. You know, we're all having these these emotions. And, you know, um, Stephanie did an amazing job of just, you know, they said, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. After five years of hearing that, you know, you can only do so much. And I, again, even I, I mean, I, I was aware of certain case details that hadn't been made public, but had been leaked or released to me. And I did a really good job of giving them as much time as I thought appropriate. And then at, at some point after the years had gone by, Stephanie and I looked at each other and it's like, you know, it's go time. Like you, you can't hold, you know, it would be irresponsible for me. You know, this Liam, it'd be irresponsible for a journalist to hold back on a story when it's ready to go. Like what, just because of the, the convenience of a district attorney's office? No, right. it's time to go. Right. Time to tell the world about Betty. Yeah. Cause my next thing, if we weren't going to get a court date to go to trial um, in September, I told Joseph, my next thing is to make some signs and I'm going to be picketing in front of the OC courthouse. Mm. so they need to be mm. prepared and he was like oh yeah mm. so i guess i don't know if it was the man upstairs it was like yeah we're gonna get this rolling because i was gonna be out there every day to for them to get this trial started because it was just mm. you know to keep continuing it and continuing it. and it was really no really valid reasons it was just like oh we're gonna continue it for another six months or another four months or another two months that was crazy it was like a roller coaster, yeah. and I'm like, no. Yeah. And to put my family and my the kid, my kids and the grandkids through that, everybody's ready to go. Then I have to call them and say, hey, you know what? It's a no go. It's put off until another six months, and then I got the family. <laughs> They're all in the phone, like, what the heck? And cursing, and that's not right. So, yeah, it was like a big yeah chip off my shoulder in a way too, you know, a relief. And especially for my mom's brother, because he's the last one, last sibling. So he was the main one, mm -hmm. like, what's going on? You know, why haven't they given justice for my sister? And 
he was really upset. So he was like, yeah. finally, it took him so long. And he, and the question he asked me was, why did it take so long? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I really, truly don't know. Mm. I couldn't even tell you that. Yes. Just BS. That's all I could say. Is that the, is that, that seems to be, and again, just from talking with you, Stephanie, just for a little while here, it seems like that is the, I mean, obvious, you know, frustration here is that it, it, you just, you just didn't know why it took, you know, for sure why it took so long. Am I, am I, am I right there? Yes. Yes. What would you say to, and again, I've been very intentionally not sharing, saying his name because who really cares right at the end of the day, but your, your mother's murderer. I mean, what, what would you say to him if you got five minutes, you know, to, to speak with him face to face? Uh, There's no talking to him. You know, I know God says be forgiving and maybe one day eventually I will. But right now, I don't have that at all. So Mm -hmm. it would be no talkie. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when he made the statement about, oh, he's very sorry. He has a mother. He would never want to wish that on his mother. Well, you did. Because in my eyes, you did it to someone else's mother. You did it to a grandmother. I mean, even she's just an old lady. Who would do that to an old lady? Seriously. I mean, come on, that's a mm. sick person. So I have no feelings for him. I have no remorse for him, nothing. I'm numb when it comes to him. Mm. So whatever happens to him, happens to him. You know, that's, I mean, I'm glad he got life in prison, but you know, there's factors when you get to prison too, that could happen. You know, people hear that you did that to an old lady. They have grandmothers and they have mothers in there too. And God forgive me right now for that. But, you know, that's just how I felt. I think it was really tough when, when Stephanie and I would, would, um, would be in contact after each delay because every time that this court system would delay justice for Betty Willis, um, I would, it would seem to me like the Band-Aid was being ripped off of Stephanie yeah. again and her family again. You know, for me, as a journalist, it was just another annoying delay. And it was like, oh, darn, I was going to get this, you know, whatever. But to see it was so it it just took such a toll on the family. Right, Stephanie? Um, It was just like, oh, here we go again. Well, yeah, it's like you're reliving it. You're reliving it every time you go. You're bringing everything up. You're reliving it again. And then you have to tuck it back down and try to compress it and hold it and go with everyday life and keep moving on. But you still have that right there on your shoulder, you know, and it's like, man, I got to get through the day with this. And then they'll call you like, Hey, we're going to go to court. We're going to set for trial. And you're like, okay, cool. You're happy. Like finally. And then here comes the text or the phone call again. Like, no, unfortunately we're not going to go. They're going to continue it. So just to keep hearing that, Mm. it was just like a roller coaster up and down, up and down. Mm. And I was basically, tired of it once june hit and they uh stopped it and just said we weren't going to have a trial that's when i'm like okay now they're going to see a whole other side of me i told joseph that too i was like now i've been patient uh, it's time for me to act out a little bit mm-hmm. because this is not yeah. right well and and so many people again you know the uh, bringing it back to the silver lining if there is one throughout this whole thing is that again so many people have heard your mother's voice for the first time have you know heard you know have gotten to know her for the first time um as you know maybe not as well as you do of course stephanie but as well well as you as a, as a stranger can know somebody um what do you what do you what do you have to share with um with people who may be listening to this podcast who have who have you know come to really care about your mother um and maybe people who who have read joseph's article who have come to care about your mother what do you have to say to to you know the audience um 
I just want to thank them like for their support. Thank them for being interested in the story about my mom, you know, and, and any love they've showed towards my mom. I just want to thank everyone for that. Um, basically, um, and thank Joseph because without Joseph, I think it probably wouldn't have got some of the, I guess, as far who's to say we might still be going to court. I'm not saying we would mm -hmm. or would not, but in the way I felt like he put a lot of fire, fuel to the fire, should I say. And I just thank everyone. I thank everyone that loved her and we throw love back. You know, we embrace everyone that loved my mom, truly. And we thank them. Thank you for saying that, Stephanie. I want to say that it was, um, it there was fuel on the fire and it was little drops in the bucket. Liam, you're one of those drops in the bucket. Mm -hmm. You know, it all, it all made a difference. I really believe it did. Um, you know, uh, it, any little comment about Betty that it, it just, it was like that ripple effect that suddenly things were in motion. Suddenly things were in motion. Once I think, uh, once I think people saw just how serious Stephanie was and just how much people, I, I, I think we were reminded how much we can care about a stranger. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Liam, you and I have never met Betty. We'll never meet Betty. Um, but that's not going to stop us from making sure that um, she gets the love and justice and R-E-S-P-E-C-T, as Aretha would sing, <laughs> uh, that <laughs> Betty very, you know, very, very much deserves and if i can add one thing because i know we have to wrap soon liam and i i but b before we go i just want to say one thing um i've been introduced to people i would have never known otherwise and um you know i just got a message from jerry the fabric store owner saying hey i hope you had a good christmas a oh, really cool. nice note you know um i've got i've got stephanie's home number we chat sometimes so mm -hmm. uh you know we've got anthony the 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 uh record store fanatic the um vinyl collector i still talk to i met people who i would have never met otherwise and uh even liam collins you know <laughs> um, but you know we the, the three of us are not my point is uh, my crime over wine point is this and then joseph and will shut the heck up my point is this the three of us would not be sitting here right now if it weren't for betty willis um, mm. I wish we weren't sitting here right now, but we met through Betty, you know, so there's something, you know, not to get too deep. I know we're deep in our wine and our crime and over on time. Uh, but my point <laughs> is that I, I just think there is something really special about the fact that we've been connected through one woman, one woman's voice. Um, you know, here we are like connected and we can we can forever you know talk about betty and you know keep keep her legacy very 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 much alive it's funny you say that because i'm like i always say that her music and whenever when someone hears it they're like oh, i love your music I listen. i'm like okay then you know my mom <laughs> i always tell them because if you listen to her music you know her i like mm. you'll know my mom she's she's just always been yeah. a very good person to heart and her music she put it in her music so that's a blessing. Yeah. And that's, it's a beautiful music also, of course. Um, and, you know, that's, it, you know, always strikes me, you know, the, the ripple effect too, right? And it's not, you know, it's not just us three, you know, sitting around talking about Betty. It's, you know, all the, the thousands of people who are who are listening to this episode, the thousands of people, maybe even more so, <laughs> who, have, who have read, you know, Joseph's article, um, you know, and, and they all will, you know, hopefully talk about you know about your mother and you know share your mother's music more mm -hmm. um you know with people who who didn't listen to the episode 
didn't read the article. And um, I think that's really special. And that's really the, you know, the special part about, you know, about what I do here and what Joseph does, you know, in his work and, you know, what Stephanie, you've been doing, you know, you know, through, you know, no, no desire of your own, I'm sure over the last six years right. um, to, to, you know, spread your, your, your mother's story. And I think that's, that's really special. Um, and I just have to say before, before we go or ask, you know, here, you know, uh, Stephanie, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, over question mark, right? I mean, we got, we got the conviction, we got what we've been asking for. Right. Um, but, but what's, what's next for you, right? I mean, you know, the, you know, at the end of the day, right, Joseph and I can walk away from this and, and be okay, but you have to live with this. What, um, what's next for you? What, what, what's, what's on the horizon here? Basically just enjoying life, healing from this, you know, every day, like I told Joseph, it's still hard. Even after six years, you know, I wake up every day, 4am. It's not like nonstop. It's like an alarm, like, you know, and I always say, you know, time heals. So to way to heal is to smile, enjoy life. And that's what my mom wanted, you know, to just enjoy life, to enjoy the grandbabies because she loved the grandbabies. Believe that. She loved that she was a great, great grandma. Oh, my God. So I just always go by with how she taught me. Just be happy. Enjoy life. You only get one life. So enjoy it. True. I just want to say thanks to Stephanie. I thank Liam for facilitating this and doing this. But um, it, it took Stephanie to be here. And I just want to point out um, Stephanie's been very selective about who she talks to and who she, who she yeah. shares her her mother's story with. And uh, no other media has spoken with Stephanie other than me, Print. But will. this is the... <laughs> The, there you go. This is the first audio we've ever heard of Betty's daughter. Only and... Joseph. If you Joseph calls me, be like, "You're cool." I'm, you, what do you think? I'm like, "Okay, what do you think, Joseph?" I'm like, "No, I don't want to do it." That's why I had him here today. I'm like, "He's like, do you feel comfortable with me being here?" I'm like, "Yep, you have to be there. I will not do it." Yeah, and I want to thank you, Liam, for being interested in doing this. I really appreciate it. I really do. And my mom appreciates it. Well, I'm honored to be able to do it. So thank you so much for that, Stephanie. Um, and that I just have to say, with that being said, that's all that we have for you this week. Um, so thank you again, Joseph and Stephanie for, for coming on and doing this and, you know, Joseph for coming on for like the umpteenth time to do this. <laughs> um, and we will just have to see you all this coming Wednesday, um, for your regularly scheduled episode of Crumb Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.